Your mobile phone could be a powerful tool to fight cancer and COVID-19. And the best part is that it can work its magic while you're asleep. Welcome to Roaming, a new podcast by Vodafone Foundation. I'm Natasha Dalton, Head of Engagement for Vodafone's Philanthropic Arm. And in this monthly podcast, we'll be talking about technology for good, the power of human connection, and the way lives are changed by networks. Today, we're speaking about an app called DreamLab. It uses the spare processing power of volunteers' smartphones to do a world of good. We developed the app to support cancer research initially, and on the outbreak of the pandemic, it was repurposed to help researchers at Imperial College London fight COVID-19. So our guest today is Dr. Kirill Veselkov, who leads the Corona AI Research Project at Imperial. Andrew Dunnett, our director of Vodafone Foundation, spoke with Dr. Kirill to find out more. Kirill, it's great to see you again, and um, you know, welcome to 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 this podcast. And um, uh, your name has been associated a lot with what we do and and your research. And, and maybe we could just sort of begin by understanding what your what your role is at Imperial. You've been there nine years. Uh, you you've created a lot of. Uh, innovation during that time and just sort of you know to the layman to the non-scientist like myself uh, what do you do and, and and how does that work at imperial uh, first of all natasha thank you for introduction uh, andrew pleasure to be with you uh, we met last time uh, in quite a different environment mm-hmm. uh, two years ago and it's a pleasure to be with you on on the podcast uh, so in terms of my background, I did my uh, PhD um, and the master of science in in physics uh, always was fascinated by solving biological problems and how we can uh, advance specifically informatics technologies, machine learning, natural language processing to uh, uh, to the health problems. And uh, currently I'm assistant professor uh, at Imperial College London, leading uh, a team of uh, young researchers uh, focusing on uh, machine learning, natural language processing, uh, and uh, specifically uh, in relationship to cancer and, and now COVID-19 diseases. So um, I have to say being a data scientist uh, is, a, is, is, is fascinating because currently uh, the data are growing uh, exponentially and we need uh, um, machine learning technologies, natural language processing and the big supercomputing facility to extract actionable uh, insights from these data sets. And I have to say that uh, healthcare compared, for example, to telecommunication and location-based services is currently utilizing only a f- small fraction of the data. Uh, so just to give you an example, the recent report published by uh, McKinsey Institute of Technology showed only that 10% of currently actionable data uh, being uh, utilized. Uh, and part of the problem is that we need access to huge supercomputing facilities. And that's where... Uh, DreamLab comes in and uh, the uh, algorithms uh, such as AI and machine learning comes into play to interrogate these large data sets to extract actionable insights. And maybe before we get into DreamLab, um, which you've been instrumental uh, in, in, in uh, enabling it to be a success, um, when, when you look back over the, I think, nine years you've been at Imperial, uh, I mean, you're right, right at the cutting edge of, of data science. Can you just give us as a layman a sense as what it's come from and where it's at now, um, and, and also a sense of where it's going to be in five or ten years' time. Um, yeah, sure. Just just to give you an example, for example, back in the beginning of 2000, it took a consortium of almost 12 countries to decode the 
um, human genome. And currently you can do genomic tests um, for several hundreds of, 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 of pounds. And that's genomics technologies alone generate a, a huge amount of data. So if you consider that the, with the global effort, there are expected about 200 million um, people uh, genetically profiled by 2025. So that expected to generate more data than current big data generation technologies such as YouTube, for example, and Facebook. So uh, the technology uh, the really rev revolutionized uh, uh, biological sciences and, uh, and, and now medicine and, and biology are becoming more and more uh, data-driven. And I have been working a lot with the uh, so-called omics uh, technologies that are capable of profiling of um, individuals at molecular level, basically measuring thousands of molecules, be it genes, proteins, or metabolites, and distilling the molecular mechanisms of, uh, of the diseases. And the, the thing is the data is so huge that uh, you cannot uh, make connections between them without the use of uh, advanced algorithms. And that's where the machine learning comes into play, which can interrogate the data, learn patterns from the data, and, and distill the mechanisms um, of the disease. Where I see the, the next move in terms of the machine learning fields, um, so the classical machine learning has been designed mainly for analyzing image uh, type data. Uh, and, 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 and currently there is a very exciting developments, which are, uh, I'm also part of in collaboration with Professor Michael Bronstein at Imperial College, uh, applying machine learning on graph, on network structured data. And uh, so this is really exciting field because biology, we know, uh, driven by uh, intricate network or biological interactions. Mm -hmm. So more or less like uh, communication between people. Uh, and so uh, analyzing this data and uh, performing deep learning on graphs, I think this is really exciting avenue to understand the mechanism of complex diseases. And that's very much technology that we are currently using as part of the Dream Lab app to interrogate the data sets and to identify um, existing uh, medicines and bioactive molecules and food that yeah. can be repurposed against cancer or COVID-19. And, and maybe we can turn to DreamLab because um, as a non-scientist, you've just given me a sort of window into an extraordinary world, the interface of human life and science, um, the deeper understanding as to where we as a species will go. Um, I mean, quite a breathtaking um, speed with which this journey that, that, yeah. that we're on. Uh, and then, then you come across this app, Dream Lab, and maybe just explain what it is because I'm humbled, having heard what you've said, that you know you're willing to spend the time on this. Uh, maybe explain what it is, how it works, and and what really appealed to you as a data scientist to get involved with the foundation and to get involved with this very humble app in comparison to the sort of massive landscape that you're working on. Well, I, first of all, I have to say that mobile in our pockets now is a small uh, mini computer. That actually have more powerful uh, power than the first uh, computers that put a man on the moon, uh, and its power, uh, for example, overnight, it's not currently being utilized. And what a great resource you guys develop to put this power into use. Um, and uh, if you imagine uh, combining tens or even hundreds of thousands of smartphones that create a virtual uh, supercomputer. That uh, mm. and based on our estimate, for example, uh, a network of 100,000 phones uh, would do the calculation that we are currently doing two to three times faster than 
at the local supercomputer available to us at Imperial College and compared to desktop computing, uh, for example, which would take tens of even hundreds uh, of uh, uh, of years to perform the task that we're currently doing. But I think the most exciting thing about DreamLab, uh, based on my opinion, that is a, it's, it's, it's a very much um, citizen science project. So we have a huge scientific uh, uh, and, and, and general public community involved into the research and contributing into the research. And we can feed them the discoveries that's been done as part of this project to keep that community engaged. Mm-hmm. And I personally think as a, as a scientist, we have to engage people to be able to interpret the findings to them. And, uh, and, and, and that's where DreamLab, I think, has a, a huge competitive advantage compared to any other high-performance computing facilities that mm-hmm. are currently available. It's that social engagement component that is really, really critical, I think. And maybe we can just unpack those two things. So I think the first thing you said was... Um, you know, this, this is access to uh, computing power um, that you've either got to buy, uh, presumably, if you haven't got that computing power and you need server space, you, you're going to have to buy that. Or you uh, corral all of these microcomputers together. Um, what sort of work do those micro, those Dream Lab computers, those Dream Lab smartphones do every night? And how has that helped you uh, either in cancer or COVID? So the work that uh, uh, we currently deployed uh, into the into the Dream Lab, it's a uh, it's graph-based machine learning tools. Um, effectively, what we do, we simulate the effect of um, molecules on the uh, biological networks that are disrupted in cancer or uh, in COVID nineteen, and this is a combinatorial problem because we're searching through different combinations of molecules and these molecules are coming from existing uh, medicines or bioactive molecules and foods. And if you consider, for example, a combination of three molecules out of 10,000 molecules, that would lead to about one trillion uh, possibilities. If you were to do this number of uh, uh, to test this number of combinations using um, experimental methods, it would be like taking a bike to explore the galaxy. <laughs> you would never get there. <laughs> so that's where uh, the machine learning comes into play in mobile supercomputing because we can uh, simulate the effect of these uh, molecules and, and drugs uh, onto the biological networks, identify really interesting candidates for prospective clinical uh, research and as part of um, our cancer project, we have identified several drugs and about 110 bioactive molecules and foods that uh, have very potent anti-cancer uh, properties. And as part of the COVID-19 research, we have um, also identified over 55 molecules in, uh, in 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 foods and several very interesting um, drug candidates such as metformin, for example, and some of the statins. Uh, that uh, uh, can disrupt the host virus interactome networks. So it's not a gimmick. It does actually help you do your research. It's not some sort of, you know, little app that uh, was thought up and whatever. It is actually physically helping you do your research. Well, Andrew, just to give you an, an example. So so the paper that we published uh, last year uh, following the mm. uh, completion of the first phases of um, uh, Cancer Dream Lab project it has been downloaded 
almost 50,000 times by scientific community. Usually, when you publish an article, you'll be lucky if it's uh, downloaded a couple of hundred times in the first year, because it usually appeals to quite a, a narrow audience. I mean, this article has already been cited um, a, a dozen of times by the scientific community and downloaded 50,000 times. So that shows enthusiasm um, of the people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I also presented our work at AI Summit in uh, Excel Center in London in 2019. And uh, quite a few people came to me and said that they're using the app, done so many calculations, and were interested actually in the discovery that we presented at the summit. And the other point you made was about, um, you know, about uh, as a scientist engaging uh, with the rest of us. You, you know what I mean? With, with those of us who aren't involved, uh, I think we've seen over the last 12 months the, the crucial importance of the scientific community with regards to health and, and, and um, uh, you, you know, all that we've seen through COVID. But, but I think I was interested in perhaps unpacking a little bit more about, about this Dream Lab as an opportunity for you to take your research to engage uh, in people who aren't in the academic community, who aren't in the research community, and to, to build a relationship with them. And, and maybe you just want to say a little bit more about that, how important that is to you as a scientist, particularly, I suppose, as you're dealing with some some issues that are, you know, have, have ethical implications, have anxieties amongst yeah. people, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, and to be honest, um, uh, one of the uh, aspects of this project, as I mentioned, that the uh, uh, a huge uh, engaging uh, community of people who, and I personally think that uh, lots of people want to learn about uh, science and they just mm. uh, often don't have uh, uh, um, the means. And, and here in the project, they are part of the project and therefore they actually want to learn about the discoveries that they contributed to. And I think this is really, really cool, to be honest, to see people engaging with us, uh, wanted to learn about the, the machine learning components, I mean, how DreamLab works, I mean, what discovery has been done. And particularly in the case of precision nutrition, where we look at bioactive molecules in food, uh, I think that is of particular relevance, I think, to people, because we understand the diet play a really important component in the development of chronic diseases and uh, also in COVID-19. And we simply sometimes don't understand why. Uh, and uh, what we are doing as part of our Dream Lab project, we're looking at so-called dark matter of nutrition. Uh, let me explain to you what this dark matter is. Because currently, if you take all micronutrients, minerals and vitamins and micronutrients, such as proteins, fats and carbohydrates, There are currently about 156 components that are being traced by the United States, for example, Department of Agriculture, or DEFRA, here in the United Kingdom. Um, What we are looking as part of the Dream Lab, um, it's beyond this 156 um, uh, components uh, into the uh, bioactive molecules in in foods that make, for example, uh, color, uh, odor, or texture of plants. Uh, they're called non-nutritive components, uh, but we know that uh, they may have quite a profound effect on uh, disease development process and disease and, and disease prevention as well. And as part of that, we're using um, AI and machine learning and DreamLab to un- uncover their disease preventative or disease beating properties to design potentially next generation precision nutrition uh, strategies to augment, not substitute, but augment uh, existing standard of care in cancer. And, and, and in COVID-19 
uh, as well. And I think this is really exciting and to give you even uh, kind of more complex insight, because as I mentioned, if you combine all uh, nutritive components that are currently being traced, there are about 156 uh, currently traced. As part of the uh, DreamLab project, we have discovered additionally 110 in, in cancer and about 55 in COVID. So you can imagine how much more complexity uh, are there in, in food that we eat. Um, uh, and, and, and this is really a fascinating and emerging field of study. Uh, NIH just announced strategic plan in precision nutrition with a couple of billion investment per year in the United States. Uh, here, there have been a lot of uh, discussion, including recently by Boris Johnson about the, the food and the diet. And, 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 and general fitness as well. So I think this is really important uh, to consider uh, as part of integrative healthcare. I love what you said, the dark matter of nutrition. I mean, the, the, this dark matter of nutrition is, is actually about saving lives. Yeah, it's a deeper understanding of the, again, I'm not a scientist, but a deeper understanding of what we're eating yep. uh, and how it impacts our resistance to COVID or how it uh, impacts our resistance or uh, the way we react, react to cancer cells. I mean, this is... This is serious research, um, which is going to uh, is already leading to discoveries that is going to to to, to save lives in the long term. And and on that point, I'd, I you know we've got um, I think it's one point one million people have downloaded the app. I think we have a regular Dream Lab community of of two hundred and fifty thousand um, dreamers who are using their smartphones, their tablets uh, at, at night. And um, uh, in my own mind, I think well in twenty ten you know, 1 billion people are constantly connected. Now I think it's 5 billion people are constantly connected, you know, in, in, in the planet. And um, when I think about that, I think, and I hear you talk, I think, you know, we can't be satisfied with 1 million. <laughs> you know, I mean, we, we've really got to do something to communicate to people and, and, and engage them more and say, you know, th this isn't some spurious you know, idea. This is serious. This is saving lives. This is enabling people while they're asleep to make a contribution. Have you had any thoughts on that? Because, um, you know, I, I think that's the next step for us. Uh, this is absolutely correct. And actually, the more people we have on board, the better, because the more complex uh, combinations of molecules in our project we can test. Um, so I personally think uh, the same, that we shouldn't be satisfied with uh, a million downloads, although I have to say I'm very proud that we have mm. um, a million, over a million. In 15 countries, in yeah, 15 in, countries. In, I yeah. mean, this is this is really impressive because it's a purely altruistic project as well. So people um, contribute because they're excited um, about, uh, about the project itself. Um, so, yeah, very proud that we have, but we should definitely aim for more. And uh, so as part of our uh, hopefully future um, uh, dissemination campaign that we can highlight some of the discoveries that's been done as part of Corona AI and uh, Project Drugs and uh, feed it back to the people um, and uh, and encourage more downloads and engage more people into the into the scientific research because ultimately um, I think when it especially comes to uh, whether it's treatment or, or or precision nutrition strategies I think the more people understand the better. Uh, it is, uh, and the more they would be in control um, of, of of their personal choices, avoiding um, un, un, unhealthy um, dietary choices, for example. So, yeah, I mean, fully on board with that. 
And then look, I, I, we've got to draw to a close because I know your time is precious. But I, um, uh, one of the things I think a lot of colleagues would like me to ask is, you know, we've all been living through the, the, the pandemic in the last 12 months. Um, uh, you know, 100,000 of us who work for the company um, all, uh, you know, uh, locked up in various ways in, in, in our houses and, and homes and family and so on. I, I suppose the sort of question is, because um, uh, you're at the front of, of this the research into um, you know diseases such as cancer and uh, pandemics such as COVID. What is what do you think the scientific community that uh, you represent at an institution that is globally respected? How do you think it's impacted the scientific community? What have we learnt? Uh, what will we take forward from this uh, extraordinary event which we're still living through? People are still dying. Uh, people are still contracting the disease. And of course, as a company that operates both in Europe and Africa, we see the different uh, responses from different communities. What do you think you as a community have learned and we as a global community have learned from this uh, this terrible pandemic that we're living through? Well, I first of all have to say that I'm talking on behalf of myself uh, um, mm. here. So <laughs> just uh, uh, to clear it, um, mm. But um, in terms of the scientific community, I think what, what we have learned uh, specifically for this pandemic, it's been extraordinary in terms of the scientific development. So if it comes to vaccine, for example, um, we would never imagine that in a year time we would have fully validated vaccine that already rolled out, for example, in the United Kingdom and over 20 million people, 22 million people been been vaccinated. I think that's been um really fascinating to see the speed of the scientific innovations have accelerated drastically, I think, over the last year. Mm. Uh, and from from the benchmark research to uh, the fully developed products. So I think from that point of view, um, I think that's been extraordinary. Um, I personally have to say that I'm a little bit fed up of a lot of Zoom meetings. <laughs> so very much hope that we'll get back to normal <laughs> in, the ne- in the next couple of months so we can uh, start. Uh, I truly believe, although I'm a computational scientist, that we are social animals and start uh, basic social interactions once again. Um, and uh, yeah, but uh, but it's been extraordinary time in term- from, from the computational developments, discoveries, to the uh, validation, be treatments or, or vaccines or, or, or other strategies. I think, uh, if, if anything, the, uh, the digital transformation I think, has been accelerated dramatically over the last year, including uh, in scientific research. Kirill, thank you for that. And thank you for your uh, inspirational leadership, for partnering with us uh, on DreamLab, for, um, uh, you know, for being so enthusiastic uh, in um, in in the complexity behind the system, it's quite a complex back end to the app, yeah. uh, as you can imagine, to to make it work. Um, Amazon have been a big partner as well, uh, but really want to thank you for for your leadership. We wouldn't have a million people uh, download it and a quarter of a million regulars uh, who are using it every night. Um, and and we really appreciate uh, you know your your vision and your leadership for that. Um, I, I I loved your picture of you know bicycling your way through the universe. You know what I mean? And, and I think my my final question to you is you know do you have a message for those who are using Dream Lab? 
for those employees who are very supportive of uh, of, of the work of the foundation, um, you know, maybe you've got a message for them as as we finish this podcast and and, and the future of DreamLab. Sure. Yeah, I just would would love to thank everybody for contributing uh, the computational power of their smartphones. Also, would like to thank you, my team uh, at Imperial College as well, because uh, in order to generate the jobs for a million people, it's not the easy task, Andrew, as, as you pointed out. I mean, because uh, uh, that been quite uh, um, quite a task for us uh, yeah. to do. Um, also, would like to thank uh, Vodafone Foundation for partnership. Uh, it's been a fantastic, I think, uh, a collaborative win-win project. I think we are very proud to be part of it. Uh, and uh, um, yeah, it's, uh, for those who haven't downloaded DreamLab app, I would encourage you guys to please download it because the more people we have on board, the more complex um, calculations uh, we can do. Uh, and uh, um, we um, publish the results in peer-reviewed uh, articles and uh, I'm sure that they will be distributed and communicated through um, our uh, communication channels, including the ones in DreamLab. Kirill, thanks so much. Uh, thanks for joining this podcast and uh, look forward to reconvening when we're at 100 million downloads. <laughs> Excellent. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you.